0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, do we have a treat for you today. But no, for real, it's a really good episode. We have Hakeem Butler on the podcast. We've actually been in contact with him for quite a while, been uh, trying to get him on, but some scheduling conflicts have delayed it a little bit. But we finally got him. We got him, and it is an awesome episode. He actually gave us an hour and a half of his time, so definitely did not have to do that. But we seriously talked about it all. We... Are probably going to cut a little bit of this out, but we talked a lot, very extensively, about the Marvel Universe. And I know that not everyone is as much of a Marvel nerd as Hakeem and I, so maybe that's just for me. But we do uh, dive into a lot of his Iowa State career, his classic taunting and trash talk and these little tactics he would do to get into these DBs' head. talk pretty extensively about his professional career. And we actually got deep. Believe it or not, outside the lines got deep this time, and we talked a lot about mental health and um, just a lot of really great conversations coming from this. It'll make you cry. It'll make you laugh, and it'll talk a lot about football, too, so it'll, I don't know, maybe get you a little bit smarter. But as always, we are brought to you by BNC Fieldhouse, so head on over to BNC Fieldhouse for the best drink deals on Welch Avenue, as well as the best place to watch the big game. Uh, We got an away game in Lawrence against the Juggernauts of Kansas. So if you're not going to Lawrence, head on over to BNC Fieldhouse and support our boy, Ben. They have some great FAC deals and some new introductions of the, I believe, I believe they have $1 tequila shots going on right now. So some great Taco Tuesday deals that you guys are definitely going to want to dive into. But of course, if you like this podcast, please support our boy, Ben. He's been doing a lot for us the past year or so as we've been running this podcast. Um, But as always, roll clones and hope you enjoy Hakeem Butler. All right, welcome in on another episode of the Outside the Lines podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. I would say he's kind of a unicorn that we've been trying to have on the show for a long time. And today, we finally got him. (laughs) We got him. First team, All-Big 12 via ESPN. Second team, All-Big 12 via AP and coaches' Selection. School record holder for single-season receiving yards by a long shot, by the way. Hmm. And 103rd pick in the 2019 draft from the Cardinals. We have Hakeem Butler. Hakeem, thank you so much for joining us today, man. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you for
1: having me. You know, thank you for giving me those accolades. I forgot all about that (laughs) stuff.
0: Yeah, you know what? That's that's part of my tactic. I try and butter you up a little bit going into it. Um, But, you know, (laughs) (laughs) good, good. It better be. But, um, you know, the first question I have just is seriously just in relation to your first career collegiate reception, which unbeknownst to us at the time, was going to be a very accurate portrayal of your career at Iowa State. So a one-handed snag for a touchdown, of course, because you're Hakeem Butler um, against you and I. And was that kind of, you know, the confidence that you needed to really just become the human highlight reel at Iowa State, or did it start well beyond that? You know, behind the books where we weren't even watching.
1: Uh oh, man, y'all started off hot. Um, honestly. <laughs> Man, if I'm gonna be real, I wasn't even supposed to be in the game like when I <laughs> scored that. Like they're like <laughs> I remember like I think somebody went down or came out or was tired. And my guy Miles, you know, I only knew a couple of plays at the time and running running a go route was one of them. So my guy Miles put me in. I'm like, shit, you know, I'm gonna just run this go route and he threw it and <laughs> I just made the play, but, I mean, I had made a few catches like that before, like, freshman year uh, with Coach Rhodes' staff, where guys were calling me, like, the freak and stuff like that. It was, like, it was pretty cool, but, man, never did I expect my first catch in college to be one hand like that. But it definitely gave me confidence for, like, my career, honestly, and moving forward, because for a while I didn't know if I would make it to Iowa State, but that catch was like, oh, like you're supposed to be here. So, you know, it was a good yeah. start.
0: What a place to be. Shout out Mouse, too. He's, yes. he's a good friend. We love Mouse.
1: My, <laughs> Mouse. That's my guy. He's like my brother. He wasn't my coach, but now he's like my brother.
2: <laughs> All <laughs> right, I'm, I'm going to piggyback off of that one. And I'm just going to ask a very general question here. Um, What was probably your favorite play that you made at Iowa State? Or maybe the one where you were kind of like, maybe afterwards, like, even just like, how the fuck did I do that? Because I feel like there were so many plays <laughs> that you can go back on like the Hakeem Butler highlight reel at Iowa State of just like breaking so many tackles. You know, like even today, I tweeted out the K-State one where you grabbed the guy with one hand and like just swung him away from you
1: and yeah. still Kansas. ran
2: in for touchdown. Like just these crazy plays that it's like, I'm always like, how the hell did he do that? So, like, I, I want to know if there's one that specifically stood out to you where you were just, like, even afterwards, you're like,
1: how the hell did I do that? Oh, <laughs> uh, man. <laughs> I was actually thinking this a couple of days ago, honestly. But it would it would have to be – it's one at Oklahoma State. I think it was Brock's first game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, like, he threw it to the back of the end zone. I caught that, dragged the foot. and. I was like ding like like I I I played that completely wrong like I just like I I never played the ball like that before it was just kind of weird the way I caught it and everything and got the foot down I still don't know how I caught it or anything but it worked and then I would have to say the Kansas one honestly that you tweeted out like when I got over top of the guy I didn't realize how crazy it was until like afterwards when I saw it on TV I'm like bro like <laughs> That was kind of, that was kind of crazy. Like, like I couldn't (laughs) believe I did that. And like, once again, like, I don't think anybody wanted to play that game. Like, cause Kansas was bad. I mean, they're not bad now. They're really good, which is kind of confusing. I'm kind of worried for this weekend. I'm not (laughs) going to lie. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I saw it. And I mean, but like when he threw the ball, I was just like, oh, this is underthrown. Let me go get this. But I didn't realize how crazy it was. And then I mean, my philosophy is always just to be physical and I know DBs don't like to be touched, so you just you you just out manhandle them, I guess. But Kansas and Oklahoma State, two of the plays I'm just like, I have no clue how it happened. Following
2: up on that Kansas one, the call, like the commentator, compares you to oh, LeBron yeah. James. Is that maybe like the coolest compliment you've gotten, like to have someone from like the like the national media maybe compare you to arguably the greatest athlete of our generation? Just to just to be like kind of reference in the same like I've never no one has ever looked at me and seen me do anything athletic and be like, you look like that looks like LeBron James. Like that's never going to happen in my lifetime. <laughs> so <I'm> like <laughs> is that like just the ultimate like ego stroke there or like just how does that feel to even just be putting that the same breath as that man?
1: No, I can't lie, that was that was crazy. Uh once again, I didn't even hear that until probably like months later. Like I watched the clip because we always just get the game copy on the iPad. So that's when I would watch it. Uh but like I never used to watch like ESPN and stuff like that, like ever. I think I might have watched it one time when I like was on You Got Moss. And I think it was on that catch. And I was like, Mm -hmm. somebody sent it to me. Kyle has sent it to me when I woke up. And I'm like, this is the greatest achievement of my life by Randy Moss. (laughs) And then I heard, uh, what was it, Baldy, Brian Baldinger, I think. And he was like, he compared me to LeBron in football jersey. I actually wasn't a LeBron fan at the time. So I was like... Like, when I saw it, I was like, man. But then, like, all my boys, they still troll me with that to, to, to this day. Like, i <laughs> the football jersey, and I'm just like, bro, like leave me alone. But, that, like, <laughs> for, him to, for him to think that, man, I was like, God bless him. I thank him to this day, man. Like, it's a compliment.
0: Man, that Oklahoma State one, I'm glad you brought it up because you kind of cradled it. You know, you didn't high point it really. You just – you caught it almost underhand but still got the foot down. And you can watch the replay, too. It, it was – Picture perfect catch and Brock yep. Purdy's first touchdown of his entire Iowa first State career touchdown. too, which I, I thought was pretty I cool. I
1: started that, you know. I propelled him. <laughs> Look at you,
0: <laughs> but Bronco, for you lunch for starting his career that way.
1: Exactly, Uh but that catch, bro, like I was like I just like kind of slow played it and was just looking at the ball fly and I'm like, this dude's staring at me, so I just can't let him know that the ball's coming, and then I was just like real late, just went and caught it like. I don't know, like a baby or something and just put a foot down. So yeah, it was, it's insane.
0: Yeah. That was a wild one. Um, You know, you mentioned that DBs don't really like getting all too physical. And I, th- I think Kyle Kempt actually shared this with us back when we ran barstool, but we asked him, you know, what's the coolest piece of trash talk or taunt that you've done or really anyone. And he said, I think when Hakeem Butler, you know, goes up against a DB, he tries to grab their um, towel from oh, their yeah. waist, almost <laughs> to keep it as a souvenir from each game. And I caught a glimpse of one of them. Someone had it on an Instagram live. I think it was Deshante Jones after you guys beat uh, West Virginia in 2018.
1: Oh, yeah, the... No, I, uh, <laughs> was it was, it was West Virginia TCU, I think. Uh, that's when I had it you on definitely... like... Like a Yeah, you definitely
0: had the West Virginia towel. But, uh, I mean, were there any schools that you didn't collect the towel from that you're like, damn it, I, I need an Oklahoma towel? Or did you get every single one of the Big
1: 12? Uh, Some schools didn't have, like, their logo on it. Like, it was just a regular towel. I didn't want it, honestly. And, like, <laughs> yeah. honestly, that started as, like, an accident. Like, I forget who we were playing. And the towel was just on the ground. I'm like, oh, I'm about to put this on. And so, like, we walked into the, <laughs> the locker room at half. And everybody's like, oh, what's up with your towel? Like, why is it like, I forget who we played, but it had their logo on it. And everybody was like, oh, like, take it off. I'm like, chill, like, just chill out, bro. We good, like, and we end up winning. And so, like, then it became my mission to, like, take a towel every time, like, no matter who it is. So, like, but I only wanted on somebody like I did something to. Like, if I would, like, pancake a dude or, like, beat him up good, like, then I'm like, all right, yeah, like, you're done.
0: <laughs> what- Was there any pushback from that? Like, hey, man,
1: give me back my towel.
0: That's such such, a twerp thing to happen to someone. Like, if that happened to me, I'd be like, God damn it. What what am I supposed to do now?
1: I think it happened like once. Like, somebody was like, yo, I gave my towel back. All right. Gave it back to him. And then I took it like the next play. Like, so. (laughs) But, like, I mean, like, you know, it is what it is.
0: (laughs) Oh, gosh. I love that.
1: When you played
2: and were lined up against DBs, are you are you kind of a trash talker, Hakeem, or are do you kind of are you like to play silent? I, I always I think it's 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 like the most one on one sort of kind of football thing, you know, like in the line you've got your buddies around you and stuff like that, but like a lot of times you're on this island, cornerback, wide receiver. Um, so I always kind of I, I want to know what your mentality is. I I just played corner throughout like high school and shit, and I would never say anything. I was just like. I'm I'm here for business. I'm not going to talk shit on anyone. Right. I, I, you know, I got to focus on my coverage and stuff like that. But I always think wide receivers, you know, they can maybe they, – they have their ways of trying to get in people's heads. So so what, what what would you
1: normally try to do? What was your tactic going into the game
2: when you knew, like, you get going be lined up against someone?
1: Honestly, like, I never – I don't think I ever start talking trash to someone. Yeah. Like, unless I'm just, like, super emotional into the game. Like, I think we played Iowa – and I was like, I was like way too emotional that game. Like, I have no idea why, but like I think my coaches just kept talking about uh one of the corners they had, Josh Jackson. They just kept talking about him. And I'm like, they're like, he's a first round DB. I'm like, bro, this guy looks like not that good to me. Like, so like you I gotta see, you know. And then I think I caught one pass on him and I realized like they were having him guard me like everywhere. So I'm like, oh, like, you know, I, I appreciate this respect. And I think I said that to him at first, and then I don't think we really said much else, but I never start talking. But, like, if you start talking to me, then I won't stop. (laughs) Some teams, you know, you're going to come into the game and, like, they're going to talk the whole game. Like, we play West Virginia. Like, I'm from up there, like, in the DMV area, so I know how guys are. Like, I know everybody that they recruit. Like, I know the type of people they are. So, like, that's the game. Like, I wore a mouthpiece. I wore a visor just to, like, protect myself. Because normally I don't even wear a mouthpiece. Like, I just, like. I don't say nothing. I just like to smile and that'll piss people off enough. But sometimes like we play West V, like I'm talking the whole game, like every time whether I make the play or not, like I'm talking. So it just depends on the energy from the other person.
0: And I want to ask about K-State because I think personally for me, my favorite taunt or whatever you do to get in someone's head was against K-State you just had this it was almost like the simplest route like he just didn't cover you like if you go back and watch the highlight it looked like you barely even tried and you just cooked this guy yeah. and he caught it right after he caught it you he said here I don't want this and just tossed him the ball <laughs> and then you got flagged <laughs> for taunting and I said that was worth every single damn yard of that taunt because that was so damn funny
1: I'm. I'm not gonna lie like out of every school we've played, I actually hate K State the most. Like, <laughs> is like I feel like they cheated us when we were there. And like you know what they were gonna be every year. Like they're gonna be what six and six or whatever every year, seven mm-hmm. and five. Always players.
0: competitive, but never the top.
1: Yeah, yeah, like they're always they're gonna be the same guys every year, though. Even if it's a different player, it's the same guy you're playing. And I think that one of their corners was talking a lot of trash. And on that play, like when Marchie was there, I don't know. Marchie was there, I was a different animal because Marchie, me and Marchie, we kind of turned each other up like to another level, like game day, 8 a.m. We're like, we got music on jumping on the beds in the hotel room, like going crazy. So when Marchie was there, it was, it was he brought a different energy to the whole squad. But I, th- I just remember catching it and like the dude just kept hanging on. And I'm like, I just remember turning around. I'm like, if you want the ball so bad, like here. And so I just dropped it. <laughs> And then – because, I mean, I'm disrespectful on the field at heart. Like, I try and hold it in, but, like, I wasn't even expecting a flag. Like, the one ref was like, oh, like, watch yourself. And then the flag came in from deep. I'm like, bro, like – <laughs> yeah. But I hate K-State, so, yeah.
0: I, I kind of have a follow-up question, to Marchy. I think my favorite post-game interview was after the Liberty Bowl. Oh. When – um he was talking about how Memphis flipped the helmets and how it pissed him off. He's like, well, yeah, I mean, we're going to come into your home stadium and we're going to kick some ass. And, and you chimed in and said, this is aim South. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I just thought that entire like interview, you could just see your guys' personalities and how you guys just feed off one another. I mean, yeah. yeah just talk to me a little bit about your relationship with Marchie. Cause it's, it's very evident how close you guys are. And, and like March. I said, you guys just feed off each other's energy.
1: Yeah. Marchie that's, that's like, that's my brother right there. Like, I got to Iowa State first, like came there as a freshman and, you know, just wanted to play real bad. And I remember, I think it was around the time when I was like about to start playing and Marchie got there. And I don't know if he played a lot. I don't remember that if he played a lot or not. I don't think he did. But I just remember Marchie coming into like fall camp and like he had one of the greatest like fall camps I've ever witnessed. Like, I think it was like, it might've been fall camp, spring ball or something like that, but it was like the month of March and it was mm. his, and he just kept saying his name and I'm like, March, like, shut the hell up, bro. Like, <laughs> but like, he was just so turned up and like, he just had the greatest camp and he was my roommate and we went out together all the time. So we were literally inseparable for a while. Like, and so like, yeah, like he loves my energy. I love his. And we kind of just, it's it's super infectious. Like, That's just how it was. We had handshakes, dances, like that was just us. Like I actually talked to him like last week, but yeah, that's that's my boy. I love Marchie to death.
0: Love that. We love Marchy too.
1: Yeah, Marchie, everybody loves Marchie. It's kind of hard not to like Marchie. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's good shit.
1: So, so I wanted to
2: I wanted to I had a follow up to the K State one too because I think the best Iowa State game I've ever been to was the 2018 comeback win in, in Jack Trias. So it was cold like before Thanksgiving when you guys were down 17 in the fourth quarter. I played you played in that. Yeah, Did I score in that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you were a leading receiver in it. <laughs> uh, is you have five like- catches for 144 yards in a tutty. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that game. I remember that game now. I should have had two tuts. I should have had two tuts. I remember now. Like, well, some years all stick together. But, yeah, I remember that game.
2: I was just going to say, because kind of, like, I mean, if you don't really remember playing in the game, it kind of kind defeats the I remember, like, I remember how, how electric was that? Because, like, the year before that, we got bullshitted by them. Like, in – in manhattan and we hadn't beat them for nine years leading into this game and it was one of those that coming into it we were heavily favored but like i've i feel i and i feel like every other i would say fan i talked to that day like tailgating or outside we all had this like pit in our stomach of like i just i don't feel good about this game for some reason and then like it's the fourth quarter and we're Mm -hmm. down 17 and we're just like God damn it. K-State, like this team's not even good. And and then That's lo and the behold, like,
1: they're never they're never good. It's like, no. bro, how are we losing this?
2: Yeah, but we had the black unis, the oh, amazing yeah. comeback. It was cold. I could not feel my toes. I don't know. that. My question <laughs> is going to be just like, if you could remember that like fourth quarter, like how electric was that when like, you know, the tide kind of turns and then you can feel the crowd getting back into it. And just like Jack Trice in itself. And it could be like a general one of just like, you know, when when that crowd gets behind you guys, like how how nice is it to like or like, how motivating can it be as like a player to have like like Cyclone Nation or whatever the crowd kind of like really ramp things up and, and maybe bring some momentum back into the game?
1: Yeah, uh, I was just talking to uh, Julian Good Jones. Like he's like my brother, too, like literally talks to me every day. Like, he calls me too much, actually. <laughs> but uh we were kind of just talking about like how Jack Trice was and how like. Like I don't know people. People know Iowa State for what they was. I mean, now you know it's changed in people' mindsets because of Coach Campbell and what we've done. But I don't know when I when I visited Ames, like it wasn't even football season; it was basketball season, and I went into the stadium. I think we were playing Texas. And like everybody was like trying to shake my hand and take pictures with me, and I'm like, "What the hell is like? What what what's up with these people? Like these people is like, because my brothers have played in Kentucky, and like I remember them treating us like that. But Kentucky's like huge on basketball, so they just love you if you play basketball, but nobody cares about football like that. So like when I got there, I was like, I love like the love here, like the fans. You know, they they want to shake your hand, tweeting at you, stuff like that. And then I remember I got there, I want to say first game at Iowa state, when I ran out that tunnel, I was just like, yo, this is a lot of people like, and we were, we were trash like the year before <laughs> and that year and every game was sold out. And I just remember like it rocking every single time. And then, but that K State game. Honestly, like I remember the game. I honestly don't remember being down. Like, cause I don't think I was ever like truly like worried about it. Cause in my mind, like, like you said, these guys aren't that good to me. Like, they're just solid and they're not gonna make mistakes. So like, we just have to be solid too. I remember going in into halftime and my coach like cussing me out. He's like, he's like, we gotta make a play on the effing ball. And I'm like, I just remember it was like one play I didn't get, but the ball was like underthrown. I'm like, bro, like chill, like we're good. Like I'm running by these people. So I do remember I caught like some deep ones and we just got turned up. And then I just remember the fade in the end zone because I don't think we ever called fade for me. And I'm like, bro, just call the fade like so we can end this because the dude was like, like 5'10", like just this, this white boy. Like he looks scared like the whole game. And I'm like, I'm killing this guy. Like and So <laughs> he just threw it and I literally just walk off the line and then just break to the end zone and catch it. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm like, we need to like just win this game and. I just remember the fans like it was just so crazy and like you said we had the all black on it was dark outside it was just the perfect atmosphere like yeah that was that was a fun one I was actually like genuinely happy like beating K-State because I'm never like super excited beating a team but like when we beat K-State I was like I was ecstatic I was like like, we got that off of us. Like, I, I hated that team. And everybody keeps We had, like, a
0: 10-year drought, too. Like, it yeah. was, like, 10 years yeah. until we had beaten them last.
1: And and Coach Campbell definitely emphasized that uh, the the whole week. And, like, yeah. man, I don't like when people talk about stuff like that. I'm like, it's a game. Like, let's just go play. But Coach Campbell always emphasizes the stuff, like, we need to focus on. So, I'm like, well, we got to shut Coach up. Like, I want to shut Coach up. <laughs> I want to shut the fans up. I want to just, like, win this game. So, yeah, just had to do it.
0: Well done, you did. <laughs> and, and now I, I don't even know what the record has been since uh, since that win. But I think we, we we're two and ever... one
2: against them. Two and one, okay. Um, beating yeah, forty not five bad. And Not nothing in one game, no big deal.
1: <laughs> Could have been like, that um, day, but like you said, they 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 definitely did us dirty in Manhattan. And that's the first time, like, as like a player, like, because I never try and blame the refs, like, because I just that one like,
2: was terrible though.
1: Yeah, that it was, was horrible. Terrible. I never so ever. When I play basketball, I never talk to the reps because you can't change a call. But like, I just remember like that happened. And I'm like, bro, like we should just fight them right now. Like we should just run over. <laughs> I was like, I don't even care. Like just, they just cheated us. Like they, they really just stole from us.
0: Oh man. Yeah. That was, that was such a hard one to watch, especially because they went back and pulled, I think, three flags. Yeah, um, that's all of which were like the right call. It, it was maddening because you're like, what the hell there was, there was one where Lazar just literally got pulled by the DB and and it was originally called. And then they picked up the flag and I'm like, what the hell? Like, are you even watching? But, um, yeah, we we talked about K-State and how, you know, you, you you don't like them (laughs) similarly to most everyone else in Cyclone nation, but let's talk about Baylor because Baylor sucks and I hate (laughs) them and you absolutely mossed them. And I'm, Pissed off that we lost this weekend, but I don't know. Just just talk some shit on Baylor because I, I I need to
1: get it talk, out of myself. Talk system. some shit on Baylor.
0: <laughs> yeah, just go off. I don't know. There's not the who
1: do you hate the there. most from the Big Twelve. <laughs> uh, Is there bro. anyone
2: that like kind of riled you up?
1: Bro, I had different reasons to hate everybody. Like sometimes <laughs> I used to create <laughs> narratives in my head. Sometimes I didn't. Like I think I honestly had no feelings towards Kansas. Like I'm just like you know they like we're all playing ball out here. They just not that yeah big. Uh, Texas Tech, I kind of didn't like them. I don't even know why. I just didn't like them. A lot of the Texas schools I didn't like just because I didn't get an offer. I didn't like Texas, the mm-hmm. school, because of uh, – who was the Herman? Like, I, I hated Herman. Oh, my God. Tom Herman. Yeah, yeah, he was a hard guy to like. He recruited me <laughs> out of high school, and he didn't treat, like, my, my principal and stuff well when he was recruiting me. And I didn't commit. Ooh. I didn't commit when he wanted me to commit to University of Houston. And he kind of just like started dissing Iowa State. And I wasn't even committed. Like I was still trying to figure it out, but I wasn't gonna do make a move without my dad's like consent. And so I, he always sent sure. me a visit by myself so I can see it on my own. And I think everybody on the visit committed except for me. And he's like, Are you stupid? Are you crazy? And I'm like, bro, like definitely not coming here now. But <laughs> damn, but how did he comes- you
0: treat your principal? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Just, I'm just no, serious. no, no.
1: I just like uh I just remember him talking crazy to my basketball coaches. Like he just wasn't a good dude. Like I don't even really remember. I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna ask him about it tomorrow. But I just don't. I just remember it. They were like, "Yeah, like we don't want you to go there."
0: Yeah, I mean, he's got like this vibe about him that just feels like he's better than everyone, and and it it just was totally exuded by the way he would talk in press conferences, and that was why I didn't like him. And of course, everyone hates Texas just as he is, as they are but mm-hmm. he just kind of elevated that for me which just made me turn really sour toward Texas. I don't know
1: like I, I had no beef with Texas literally until he got there. Uh, but when it comes to Baylor in high school, me and my friend uh, Steven uh, we went to we went to a Baylor camp. And I remember they, like, were taking dudes out the line to go to the other side. Now, my boy Steven, like, he's way better than me. He played at Kansas. Steven Sims. Uh, he's in the league with the Steelers now. Mm-hmm. But, like, Steven didn't go to that line either. Like, they were pulling dudes out. So, we tried to go over there. And I just remember, like, I went over there. And one of the coaches was like, nah, like, stay in that line. Like, we don't want you over here. And I'm like, damn, Ooh. okay. And it was, like, Art Brow's son. So, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, so, I think I left after that. And I'm like, all right, yeah, like. I'm going to destroy Baylor if I ever get the chance to like play him. And then I got to the Big 12 and I got to play him like every year. So (laughs) it was like my mission to like destroy Baylor. He wasn't even there anymore, but I'm like, fuck those guys. Yeah, Baylor, I hate Baylor. (laughs) So I I remember that one, though, like that one hand, like I still, that's another one actually. I don't know how I caught it. Like I truly, to this day, we don't either. I think my eyes were closed. Like I was like, because
0: he was pulling your helmet back, I'm like, "There's no way arm, he meant to helmet. catch
1: that one." <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm literally just trying to break free, and I think my arm just came up, and I'm like, "I'm like, oh shit, I got it!" So I just started <laughs> like, putting the hand down. I'm like, oh, "I gotta," because my mindset when I was young, I was like, "I don't know when I'm getting this ball again, so I got to score right now." Like that was that was always why I was trying to break tackles and stuff. Because I'm like, I never know when this ball's coming back, right. like, ever. Because there were games where, like, I would have 60 yards, one catch, 70 yards, one catch. So, I'm like, I just got to score right now every time. So, yeah, that's why that happened. Love that.
2: Um, so, you kind of touched on your recruiting a little bit, and you originally came in as a, a Paul Rhodes recruit. Um, yeah. How was, like, that transition to then when Matt Campbell came in? Like, you know, a lot of it is coaching staff and and being sold on on more so – You know who's going to be teaching you, and and obviously like you've been at the school too. But I think if your coach leaves after you know one year of you only being there, you're pretty prone to potentially going somewhere else or or, or exploring that. Like, did you consider transferring? How did that process play out? Or or was like Campbell and Co did a great job of like you know kind of you know talking to the current guys and and you know trying to get as many people to stay? Or or I guess kind of what would you say was maybe your biggest factor in, in choosing to to stay at iowa state even though you're the coach that recruited you there decided or wasn't
1: going to be a part of the program anymore i mean well i I told you before like we're gonna be real i'm gonna be real in this like thing so Mm -hmm. i'm gonna just keep it real okay so (laughs) when coach rose was there love coach rose to death like love him to death like i would run through a wall if that man asked me to like he's the greatest motivator i've ever heard in my entire life like he had us feeling like we were the best team in the world, and we were, like, dog shit at the time. But he just had bad, bad people around him. Like, like there were some good coaches in there, but, like, Coach Mangino wasn't, like, the best coach for me. Ooh,
0: this is the second time we've heard that. EJ
1: was saying the exact same shit. Not like Fat Mangino. Fat Mangino was, like, let me not call him fat. That's kind of mean. Uh Well, dude, <laughs> Big Man Gino. Big, Man Gino, wasn't, <laughs> Big Man Gino wasn't like, I didn't really deal with him. Like, I don't even know if we had a conversation while we were there. But uh, like his son was the receiver coach. And okay. when I was a freshman, like I didn't, I tell everybody, I didn't get any better when I was a freshman. Like, like he didn't coach us at all. We just kind of held bags. Literally when Coach Campbell's staff got there, I remember Coach Gass bringing me in. And he's like, I'm trying to find your film from last year. I'm like, oh, just look like I'm the one holding the bags, bro. Like just look like <laughs> <Just> <laughs> <holding the bags." laughs> and so and so uh yeah, that was a rough year, honestly, for everybody in my class. Truly, until I mean when Coach Rose got fired, that was like it was kind of sad because like we love Coach Rose, we just knew he had bad yeah. people around him. But uh Campbell came in and honestly. Man, Campbell, I don't know if he liked me at first. I'm going to be real. Like, he met with everybody. And I just remember I had bad grades at the time because, like, bro, I wasn't playing, so I was going out every night, like, just not going to class, stuff like that. And so I just remember Campbell, like, yeah, man, I'm going to have to send you home. And I'm like, send me home? Like, fam, I'm not leaving the school. Like, what are you talking about? Like, Mm -hmm. so he's like, you got to get your grades up. You got to work hard, all of this stuff. And we got a new strength coach. I don't know if you heard about him at the time. His Rudy Wade, man, he was he was like like Satan himself when you saw him come out that weight room. Like, you just knew this was <laughs> going to be the worst day of your life. Like, I think we had maybe 40, 50 guys quit the team, like, when Coach Campbell got there, just from the workouts. Like, the workouts were that, like, deadly, whereas, like, like man, like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Like, that's how bad they were. And so, it, like, it was, it was definitely a journey because I definitely wanted to quit a bunch of times and go other places, but I don't know. Iowa State always had that family aspect. And I don't know, once you get used to working hard and that's who you become, then it's, like, it's easy after that. But, like I said, I don't always know if Campbell liked me at first, but between Gas and Coach Miles and also Coach Lou, Coach Lou was the coach that recruited me. Uh, I remember him coming to my high school, standing outside the basketball court. He was standing outside the gym during basketball practice. He was like, you know where Iowa State is? And I'm like, nah, like, what's that? Like, where's (laughs) Iowa? (laughs) Where's Iowa? Yeah, he was like, we're in the Big 12. And I'm like, no, you're not. Like, you're not in the Big 12. I've never heard of you guys. (laughs) And so he was like, I only recruit freaks, like athletic freaks. That's all I recruit. So he's like, I want you to come to Iowa State. I'm like, cool, like, bet, easy, like. But Coach Lou stayed when Coach Campbell got there, so it was it was very smooth with him to come in there. I mean, staying there too, because he was like my main point of contact. Like I love that guy.
0: Yeah, it's a lot easier to kind of stay when you know that someone you've already built that bond with is at least there to kind of hold your hand through a pretty tough excuse me, pretty tough transition. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean. I get it. That that transition can never be easy, especially like when you're kind of used to one way and then every then you go back to the exact same system, but it's not the same system. Everything is completely different, same colors, you know, Mm -hmm. cardinal and gold, but everything is completely different from there. So I'm yeah, I'm sure that has had to just be a huge culture shock.
1: Yeah. But Campbell was pretty open and like honest with this, which I've always loved about him. And uh, he keeps the open door policy and he recruited guys that kind of just changed the culture. I mean, along with him changing the culture and like coach Wade changing the culture, he recruited guys that changed the culture. Absolutely.
2: Um, Do you think that that 2017 season was like kind of when the culture changed a little bit? Cause 2016 was Campbell's first year and he's kind okay. of finding his rhythm. You guys had the weirdest beatdown of Texas Tech and Patrick Mahomes I've ever seen in my life. Oh, that like, three that's when <laughs> you guys beat him 66 to 10. And, oh, no, and,
1: yeah, we, we beat the shit out of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah,
2: and three and nine, <laughs> Iowa State team just beats the shit out of future NFL MVP Super Bowl winner Patrick Mahomes, 66 to 10. Going into the draft, I was like, there's no way. Patrick Mahomes is anything in the NFL because he just lost to this mm-hmm. shitty ass Iowa State team, like got the doors blown off of him and he looked terrible. There's no way this man's going to do anything in the NFL. Nah. A little wrong there. Yeah. But like that 2017 <laughs> season, like there was so much going on. Like Joel Lanning is going from quarterback to linebacker. And, you know, you have Kyle Kemp, uh, you know, you come in with Jacob Park and, and then you have Kyle Kemp take over all this kind of stuff. Like there's a lot of transition, a lot of things going on. But you guys had so many, like, just absolute dogs on that team. You know, like, looking back at the roster, you know, Lazard's there, David Montgomery's there, you're there. Like, that wide receiver room was stacked, you know. Um, Matt, and, and Eaton, I feel like
0: Deshante Jones.
2: Yeah, Deshante man. Jones. Like, I was just looking at him like, holy shit! Like, Cal camp had anyone to throw the ball to. It was crazy. So like, do you kind of feel like that's when you guys kind of got in the swing of things and, and kind of like maybe got some confidence of like, yeah, we're like, we're not this same old Iowa state. Like we're, we're here. And, and you know, like, you guys surprised a lot of teams, and then you guys had that like swagger too, you know, like going into the, the Liberty Bowl with Memphis, like kind of talking a little shit before the game. Like that was something that's like not really expected or kind of like a little surprising. You know, Al Mazard flips the helmet over, Memphis helmet over at the end of the game. Joel like Lanning that. says the fuck word. <laughs> Joe <laughs> Lanning says fuck on national TV. Yeah, you know, there's some <laughs> great things. So it's just like, I don't know. It was, was there ever kind of a moment, whether it's in like that off season or during the season where like the, the flip kind of, or the switch kind of flips, or or was it just like this culmination of you guys getting confidence, believing in Campbell and and, and buying into the culture and trusting it? Or, or, you know, I don't know if you want to kind of describe that season. Cause I think that that season is very special to Cyclone Nation too, of just like, that's kind of the one where we're like, Oh, this Matt Campbell and like what he's kind of doing might actually like, we might have some success here.
1: Yeah. Uh, I would say that year we went through an with coach Campbell. Uh, that's when we saw like, we could play with people because pause, uh, we could like compete with people. (laughs) uh, Um, like it was, it was definitely like we lost games, but I feel like a lot of those games were close or even closer than they appeared. And, uh, like beating Texas Tech was like a big thing for us. Like we beat the shit out of them, which I mean, I knew it was going to happen. It was cold as hell and they got mostly Texas guys. And I think we had snow on the ground and I had like two friends on the team and they was like, yo, I got all this white stuff on the ground. I'm like, yeah, bro, that's snow. Like, Like, it's, <laughs> like yeah, don't worry <laughs> about it. But like, I just remember like they didn't want to play that game. But from that whole season, I just remember that's when we realized like we can play with people. Pause again. We can compete with people. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we could actually be a contender in the Big 12 because I think a lot of it is just like the belief in yourself. Like you said, we had guys, like even that year we went nine, we had guys, like we had a lot of good guys. But I don't know if dudes believed in Campbell at the time. I don't know if dudes really bought into the team aspect. But the next year, that's when, like you said, it got turned on his head. It was a tough off season long off season, we worked so hard. Like we wasn't going out crazy. We was, we was really locked in. Like grades were better on the team as a whole. Everything just as a whole had to come together.
0: Yeah, love that. Um, You know, Newt already kind of mentioned some of the great players you played with. I'm just going to rattle off some names because I didn't realize you played with all of these folks. Obviously, Almazar, Dave Montgomery, Brock Purdy, Mike Rose, Charlie Kolar, Uwazurike, Kenny Nawangu, Joel Lanning, Jaquan Bailey, Jake Campos, and even Will McDonald. And so I guess my question is, you know, that's a wide range of talent that Iowa State hasn't had, like, you know, in kind of like a, a conglomeration like that. Um, and based on their position, who do you think was just hands down the best football player? So, like, I'm sure you could say, Oh, that's um, OK, Oh, who is it?
1: david david montgomery i had a feeling you were gonna go there i tweeted i remember i tweeted maybe because when the freshmen got there like we were like doing stuff in the indoor just like without the coaches and i think i literally seen him make like a cut like he cut one time and i'm just like i'm like yo that kid like he might be like he might be nice and then i think we were like competing this and stuff and i literally just remember tweeting like Dave Montgomery is gonna be like one of the best players, like in Iowa State history. I I literally remember tweeting this. Like I gotta go find the tweet, but I literally remember just tweeting that. I might have tweeted it at his mom, maybe, but it was just like David's go one of the best. Right now. And honestly, the most athletic, truly, is probably Will McDonald though.
0: Oh, he's a freak.
1: Yeah, he's 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 definitely he's he's a freaky guy for real.
0: Um, Since he was what, a true freshman when when he came in, and you had your last year with him, so did it did it kind of show right away, or did he kind of develop into what he is right now? I mean, obviously he's gotten only better, which is a great yeah. thing to see.
1: I would say because uh, I think I remember uh, he came up for a camp or something, and all the guys, all the coaches were like, "Yeah, like like he's coming here. He's a freak. All of this." I'm like, I'm like, oh, like you know, I I got to see it, you know. And then they start telling me like his numbers and stuff. And I don't know, I can just like, I just like just watching him, you could just tell, like, I think he's definitely one of the most athletic people I've ever met. I mean, it was like one more person, Landon. Landon Akers is definitely one of the most athletic people I've ever met, too, though.
0: Damn, I feel like we just never quite saw him break through because he had dozens it felt like of plays where he got within the five yard line and just could never get that monkey off his back for the touchdown until his last season. And so like, I always said, his stats never really reflected how great of a receiver he actually was. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize he was like hyper-athletic though.
1: Bro. He's like, it's like, he's one of the fastest one, like jumps the high. like he's just a freak. And I'm just like, I remember he went to school with Julian and, and, Landon had gray shirted when we had all came up there. So he came up the next semester, I think. And Julian was like, yeah, bro, we got this like super athletic kid from my school. I'm like, Julian, like, like shut up, bro. Like, you're just talking. <laughs> Cause like, if Julian loves you, like he's gonna like big up you to everybody. That's one thing I'll say. And so he just kept talking about Landon and then Landon got there. I have a video on my phone of like Landon jumping like a 45, 50 inch vertical. And I'm just, <laughs> oh it's just crazy. Like literally man.
0: I did not know he could do that.
1: Yeah. And I mean, yeah, like you said, he, he, I mean, like you said, it was a deep room, like always, it was always a deep room. So like, it was kind of hard. We had a lot of good guys that didn't even see the field that like, whether they transferred out or whatever, like it was just, you know, we had a good group of receivers for a while.
0: I love that. Um, David or David we're talking about David Montgomery and, um, I just gotta ask a quick question because I know we set this for about an hour. I have a few more questions, but oh, yeah. I wanna be respectful of your
1: time. Are you like oh, yeah, need do. to go at any point? No, no, I don't got I don't got nothing to do.
2: Oh, you're the man. All right, go for it, new. So um I guess uh I'm I'm gonna ask another thing about kind of the decision making. How hard was the decision to leave early? Um, was that something that you mold over for a while? Or I, I don't know. I, I always like as a fan, I, I feel like I'm like football is such a violent sport that as and especially this was before NIL stuff too, if anyone, any player can go get money, like go do it now. Cause you never know what's going to happen at the college level and stuff like that. And I know it's changed a little bit, but it was the same, it was the same with you. It was the same with like David. It's like, I love watching you guys. You guys have been some of my favorite players to spend and like, even now it's like still rooting for day, like watching all the cycle and stuff like that. But as soon as you guys were like draft eligible and they're like, yeah, this player is going to take it. I'm like, go get your money because like, you just don't know what's going to happen. So I don't know if you want to just take us through that process of like, you know, considering coming back. Cause you also were going to be coming back to, you know, arguably like one of the best Iowa state teams too. Like that's, that's another thing that's hard too, is like thinking about that. Like, Hey, Hakeem Butler on one of the most talented Iowa state rosters too. So like, how hard was that decision, you know, and, and if you just kind of want to give us some insight into, into what made you, you know, decide to leave early.
1: Oh uh, yeah. Uh, that was, that was a tough decision, honestly. But honestly, I had made that decision before the season even started. Like I told Campbell, like I told coach gas, I just remember going in there to coach Campbell. Cause I mean, coach Campbell, of course he wants us to stay. Like he wants us, he wants his guys, you know, he wants to win, but I just remember, like, I was like, "Bro, because I had a plan coming into college." Like, my college roommate Josh Coleman, like, I used to have this thing on on uh, in Freddie Court, like, on my door. It was three, two, one. It was like three years of three years on the team, two years playing, first round pick or whatever it was. And so, like, that was my plan from the very beginning to like just you know follow this plan and you know get to live out my dream. And so, I remember for the season. I literally just remember sitting in my room. I'm like, bro, like, I want to go to the league because I saw like a lot of mm-hmm. guys. Well, when I didn't see Allen get drafted, that one kind of that one kind of scared me. I can't lie, that one that one kind of. I just remember because I was there with him every day, and I'm just like, bro, like, Allen's one of the best receivers like I've ever played with. Like, smart as hell, just tough as hell, and like, I mean, people are seeing it now, mm-hmm. but like, I'm like, bro, like, I've worked with this dude every day. Like, I know what he's about. Like, so. I mean, I really think what he went through was for the better for him. But, like, I wish he didn't have to go through it, for sure, you know, not going drafted and stuff. But mm-hmm. I just remember telling Coach Campbell, and he's like, all right, like, I'm going to treat you like a senior, you know. Like, you're going to have to work hard, and, like, I'm, like, I'm going to hold you to a higher standard, which I'm like, cool. Like, I expect, you know, Coach Gass was like, if you're going to do this, like, you're going to have to play like it, act like it, live like it every day. So, like, that's what I did. And, I mean, honestly – we lost to Iowa. Uh, who else? We lost to somebody else. And then we lost in the bowl game. And I was like, man, like, I want to come back. Like, mm-hmm. and, and I just remember Campbell after the game, he just pulled me to the side and he's like, I need you back. And I'm like, damn. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, like I don't even have my man. jersey and pants off. I'm just sitting there like, damn. Like, I want to come back, but I don't know, like, Cause I mean, you know, you hear stuff from different agents. And I had every agent hitting me up, like, you can be a first rounder if you just run a four, 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 five. Like dudes who thought I was gonna run a four seven or whatever. I'm like, oh y'all are tripping, but <laughs> if you run a four five, like it'll be first round. I'm like, cool, like perfect. Like I know I can do that. Like, so if that's it was all four, this four, time, nine, right? Yeah, like four, four. Eight, some shit like that. It just depends on what yeah. team you like. Because some teams got me at like crazy fast speeds that I know aren't me, but you know, I take it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but like, I just remember like, talk to Campbell and then, you know, talk to David. And like, we both kind of just decided that it was time to go. And like you said, I mean, New said, like, he's one of the rare few that like appreciates guys, you know, saying go get their money. Because I had a lot of fans, you know, like, DMing me, messaging me, like bro, come <laughs> back, like, like one more year, but like nah, like you, like you said. I mean, if NIL was in place when I was in college, I could, I would definitely have been at Iowa State until they kicked me out to school.
0: Damn. That, that's so shitty to know. Because <laughs> I mean that that's what we all like assume. And yeah. you know, one thing that Newt and I do, Newt does a better job of being a realist than I do. I fall victim to being a fanatic way too much. But um, you know, we try to be very real. And when when David and you and even Lazard, I think Lazard ended up saying though, but when you guys got to that point, we're like, you know, who the hell is gonna blame them? I mean, if I were in that situation, I would absolutely go early just because uh, I mean, let's let's just call it out too. Like you, you're always risking, you know, maybe getting that injury in your last year or maybe having a little bit of a down year. So if you're coming off such a high where you had these crazy plays every single game, I mean, it's hard to not just send it, you know? And I mean, I would have done the exact same in that position though. The fanatic in me likes to lie to myself and say, I don't know. He might be back.
1: I don't know. (laughs) No, see, I mean, that's the other thing too. Like, Cause I truly thought about coming back. Like that was truly like, cause I mean, I loved Iowa state. Like, I mean, and there was like, no, like there was all upside to me coming back, but at the same time I was getting older and like, I never think like this, but like everybody just kept saying injury. And I'm like, bro, like if I go back and get hurt, like this whole, this whole shit is derailed anyway. So I don't Mm -hmm. like, you know, I can't predict it and I never get hurt, but like I had got hurt in the bowl game on like the second, third play of the game. So I'm like, shit, like, that could have took me out the whole game and I never had that game, you know, so I'm always just thinking like, I never think about injury, but at the time, like when I was, it was time to be selfish. And so, yeah, I had to go chase the money. Yeah. Good choice. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, I'm not living too bad.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, one question I had, was just, you know, it's so clear just kind of watching you in interviews how much of an impact your mom had on your life and just kind of like, you know, growing up, always like keeping her in the back of your mind. And I I think one of the coolest quotes I heard you say was, um, I lost everything to gain everything. Um, and I don't want to prove people wrong, but I want to prove people right. Just kind of how you always, you know, paid tribute to her. And and, I mean, rest assured, she's obviously incredibly (laughs) proud of you. Just kind of, you know, looking down from up above at everything, but what was the biggest life lesson she taught you growing up that you just kind of instilled in, in yourself, just you know, through every
1: every step of life? Oh man, uh have fun, honestly. Like you just gotta yeah. have fun with everything, keep that smile on your face. Uh that's honestly what I could say, probably the biggest things she taught me because she even when she was at her sickest she always made sure she had fun went out enjoyed life you know so that's kind of how i live my life every day
0: yeah i love that man and um obviously switching from baltimore to texas and this is kind of changing gears here a little bit but Mm -hmm. um you know you did say that it was weirdly nice to kind of go from baltimore to texas because everything at that point was just about ball and yeah. it was just very easy to zone in on it because, all right, I'm in Texas. Everyone here loves football. So it's easy for me to just be just as high on football. So do you think like, you know, switching, you know, to that Texas environment really helped in your development? Or do you think your development was kind of inevitable from the start?
1: Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'll take hey, it. Great question. <laughs>
0: hey, I'm going to give myself a high five. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. Honestly, I don't think anybody could have predicted what I've become truly. Like, I always say this, like, when you live in Baltimore, I mean, there's just so many other things to worry about than sports. And, like, Baltimore is, like, a big basketball city. Like, everybody plays basketball. And when I moved to Texas, I didn't even play wide receiver, bro. Like, I played corner, played quarterback. Like, I played all this different stuff. Never play wide receiver. So when I moved to Texas, I don't. My brothers were like the man around here, like at the at the school. So everybody's like, "Oh, you know, you are just gonna play basketball like your brothers." I'm like, "Okay," but I want to play football, and went out for that, and kind of just learned on the fly. Like I was just learning as I went. But like you said, in Baltimore, school's over. Then you go to practice. There's no spring football. There's no like summer workouts. It's just like. Ball during the school year and that's it. Texas, we got football class twice a day, maybe once twice a day. Uh, Wait, you can
0: take a football class in Texas?
2: No, he's saying football then class. No,
1: no, okay. in class. No. <laughs> okay. Like if you're All on the right. team, if you're on the football team, like
2: uh, No, or, we're gonna edit that out. Okay. No,
1: we're not. <laughs> was if, if, if right. you're on the Football team, uh, like before lunch, you go and like practice before after-school practice. Like, you go yeah. work out fifth period or whatever. And I had never had that. Uh, mm. You got spring football here. You got fall lifting and competing and stuff. Like, you got so much stuff that just wasn't even available in Baltimore. Where, like, I grew up with a lot of athletic kids in Baltimore, just natural athletes. Nobody just honed it or, like, worked on it with us. So when I got here, I'm working on it three three times a day and during the summer, so it's, like, constant work. I still wasn't as good as, like, I was once, like, I got to Iowa State and really focused on it. But, like, I was, like, extremely raw when I went to Iowa State. Like, I weighed, like, 165, 170 pounds. Like, I never thought I was going to be able to play. Obviously, it turned out pretty well for you. So (laughs) you know, it didn't didn't go too bad, I would say.
2: (laughs) Um, So, I guess kind of, you know, like – what what's your focus now? Well, what's what's team working on now? Where where like give give Cyclone Nation an update on on what what you're kind of what are you putting a lot of energy and effort into
1: nowadays? Uh, now I'm still working out because I mean there's still a lot of opportunity out there. Uh, like I'm never one to complain about situations and things like that. Like I'm I have plenty of money, you know, to survive in this world and and live comfortably, but. I kind of, I still want to play ball. And so I was just in Canada where like dudes up there, are like, uh, honey, I'll, I'll be candid. Okay. I'll be real. Like dudes up there aren't <laughs> good. Like dudes, dudes are not good up there. Uh, it's actually kind of bad. Uh, but like, I want to still play ball. So right now I'm on a mission to gain weight so I can change positions to tight end, you know, give me more opportunities with the league and stuff. Cause I mean, I can still play. I just haven't had like a real opportunity to showcase myself is all just a bad draw, you know, got her rookie year and then COVID and shit like that. So just
0: gonna- I was actually about to ask about your injury rookie year or excuse me, your injured rookie year, mm-hmm. um, just because, I mean, we already know. Well, I mean, technically we don't. We've never been in the NFL, but yeah. we can only assume just how freaking hard it is to, you know, perform. Even just like on the practice squad, and obviously having an injury your rookie season right when you're excited to kind of hit the ground running is just kind of like, for lack of a better term, just one big blue ball, you know, and um, and obviously it's just kind of hard to come back from it. So like mentally, how was that climb upward coming back from that injury? Oh
1: man, that was a that was probably the second toughest thing I've ever been through like in my life. Like losing my mom's the toughest, but like. Mm -hmm. I would say between the draft process, getting hurt, and then come back next year and get a release, that was, like, the roughest, like, two years of my life, like, just in a terrible place. Uh, I talked to David about this, like, not too long ago. We were talking, and he was talking about how tough it was for him and just, like, where we're at mentally. But, man, that was tough, you know, because I had – dove really deep into like social media because I didn't have shit to do bro like I work out sure and go home so I'm just getting stronger and faster every day and And then
0: watch I was outside the lines post a Hakeem Butler highlight once a a month (laughs) yeah
1: but uh like bro like I'll start from the beginning like even through the draft process it was just a big mental strain on me personally just because like I mean, you guys saw, like, my resume. Like, you saw what I did. Like, you, you guys were fans of me at Iowa State. Like, the resume is, like, undeniable. What I've done is undeniable. But, like, then I have all these analysts and all these people breaking me down, telling me the worst parts of my game. And then I have people who don't know me at all, you know, tweeting at me, talking to me every day, telling me how I'm not shit, you know. So, mentally, it started mm-hmm. to weigh on me, you know. Enough people tell you you're not shit and can't do something, you know, you forget how to do it. So Damn. that weighed on me. I didn't get drafted where I wanted to. Well, I mean, Arizona, not the place, but, like, position that I wanted to. Uh, so I kind of felt like I let myself down and, like, family and stuff down. But, like, I mean, everybody was happy about everything I was accomplishing except for me. And so then going to rookie year and just when I felt like I was hitting my stride in camp and stuff, I get hurt. And, like, I remember, like, I felt it but i didn't know it was bad you know cuz i'm i'm in the game i'm running but like my finger had just like pulled the, like broke the bone or whatever like it was broken but they were trying to take me out of the game i'm like hell no like i got to i got to play like i got to get the ball i just got in the game like mm-hmm. and then i think once i calmed down i was like yo they can't throw me the ball like i do not want to see that ball right now like if that shit touches my hand like i might piss myself so it was bad it was bad so I mean after that just being hurt and then they put me on IR and my agent tells me he's like yeah like you're done for the season because they put you on IR I'm just like what the hell like so now I got to go train for a whole nother year I can't and then I kind of my mindset changed from proving people right to trying to prove people wrong so I was kind of just off of like being myself Mm -hmm. and so it wasn't until like I got therapy like and like you know talked all this stuff out that I kind of figured out like how to get back to being me and now like I feel unstoppable. So it's the best I felt mentally. Well like the last two years is the best I felt mentally and physically and now I just you know need a chance to show it. So yeah but getting hurt especially for a person that never been hurt that's that's a tough thing to deal with.
2: Yeah. I, I want to jump into, I, I actually, I go to therapy like weekly and it's, it's probably one of my favorite things I do. I've been doing it for almost a year and it's, Absolutely. it's like crazy the night and day of like, just, <laughs> yeah. Like mindset mentality. Like it, it's, it's like, it's always funny. Like the sort of the stigma, even like growing up as like a kid or whatever, or like, I don't know, you like hear it. You're like, Oh, that person's in therapy. Like what's wrong with them? But now I'm like any, anything I like try i try to tell everyone I'm like go do therapy like you're you're. Yes. it's like the best money i spend every week like yeah. I, i'm like i'm like it's like the last thing i'm gonna take out of my budget like on a, on a weekly basis or whatever mm-hmm. so like i i'm glad that it's becoming something that like in general is getting it's more accessible it's obviously still kind of expensive and stuff like that for a lot mm-hmm. of people but like a lot of the stigmas around it and, and things like that are, are definitely sort of like changing or so it's it's always i just always love to hear like anyone to kind of say like hey you know I, yeah. i've been doing therapy because like it, it is kind of hard but it's like it's also really important like it, it's always like the perspective of like i'm someone who loves to like work out and like keep my body in shape so like why don't i want to work out and keep my brain in shape too you yeah. know it's like it's the same thing it's just as important
1: that's so. that's, that's that's deep bro because like like you said mm-hmm. growing up when you're a kid like like on tv they're like oh the person in therapy you're like they're crazy or some shit yeah like, And I mean, like growing up, like I'm black, like in Baltimore, like you have to be tough. Like you can't really show any weakness at all. So like, you know, going to therapy kind of just like changed my life. Honestly, like you said, it's it's night and day and you got a clear mind. So now you can actually function and, you know, feel all these different emotions. So, yeah, I I definitely feel you on that.
0: I got to piggyback a little bit too, just because we're really big on just mental health in general. My, my, you know, wife Taylor is a therapist and she's starting her first uh, job out of grad school in a couple of weeks here. But, um, yeah, I mean, just kind of going back. I also went to therapy by the way. I have no problem (laughs) saying that. I love it because it's so cool because there are certain things that, um, you don't realize you have your own answers to, you know? Mm -hmm. And as far as, you know, everyone on social media, I mean, unfortunately, or unfortunately Newton and I live on the internet, which is like the most toxic place ever. It's like, you love it, but you hate it but you know when you always hear people project these negative things on you that's not you that's just what they're projecting on you mm-hmm. and unfortunately they can't help you solve your problems so like even if you prove them wrong like like oh i made that i made that awesome catch yeah you know like suck it larry 69 on twitter you know that doesn't do <laughs> it for you you have you hold the cards you know to your own success in a way and it's like you can't always find those answers unless you have someone kind of navigating you through them And a therapist helped me out tremendously earlier this spring when my mental health was at its worst. And I mean, it's it's seriously one of those things like I try and almost tell every single person I've gone to therapy just because it helped me so much. And it it is one of those things. You don't really realize how helpful it can be until you yourself are actually in the midst of it.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing, because just like mental health is just so bad. Like I was dealing with stuff that I just didn't feel like myself, you know, like it was just anxiety and depression and stuff. And like I said, I had never been hurt. So like I'm trying to deal with all these different emotions of seeing my friends play and me not be able to play. And like all I wanted to do was play ball. And I kind of defined myself by playing ball for a while and that wasn't me. So I had to make a change.
2: Yeah.
0: That's a good place to start, man. Seriously. Definitely.
2: Well, I I love to hear that Hakeem. And 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 one thing that we kind of wanted to, like I don't know transition a little bit here is is so like I think it's very impressive that you know kind of coming out of high school you had like one power five offer to Iowa State I believe and your ability to transition from the high school level where you know you could say scouts whatever like didn't think that you were good enough to play at the power five level you obviously like disproved that and dominated at the college level (laughs) so I, I guess You know, with perspective and like looking back, you know, we always like to talk to the guys like, hey, how hard is it then to do the college to the NFL? Because like that's a whole nother beast of like high school to college. And and what do you think is maybe kind of the hardest thing or or something that, you know, you maybe didn't expect to be so difficult in transitioning from the college football level to trying to compete at the NFL level?
1: Mm, I mean, it's a couple of things, really. Uh, for one, you got a lot of free time, like, like I don't, like. It's kind of hard to feel free time, honestly. Like, you, nobody, nobody. I, I wasn't like in college. You know, I never had a chance to even like really have free time because it's always practice or something. If it's not doing that, then I'm sleeping. We got a lot of free time. Uh, that's something you got to learn to deal with. But I would say, other than that, I mean, a big thing is learning the playbook. That's like huge. Like, that's kind of like the first thing you kind of really got to do. But then it's just like, I don't know, it's it's something about once they involve the money that the game just feels a little different. And also, like, you was the man at your school. Like Everybody was the man at their school in some way. Now, like, you kind of got to remake your name unless you're like a first like first round draft pick. You kind of got to remake your name. And because now, first you were a big fish, you know, small pond. Now they just put you in the ocean, and so now they're like, all right, now you got to survive against all these damn sharks. So now, like, you either become a shark or you get ate up. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's definitely a lot. And then other thing is like, you go into the league, 18, 19, 20 years old. Oh no, you're probably like 21, 22. You get to the league. I'm in the locker room with. Larry Fitz, he's fucking 36, 37. So he's like my damn daddy. Like, like, it's, it's a difference. Like, because like, you come in, I mean, I don't have kids or anything. So I'm just out there playing, you know, for the money and the love of the game. Some of these dudes trying to feed their families. Some of these dudes, you know, like, these dudes are really grown. Like, kids, like, yeah, so everybody's different walks of life. So you kind of got to get in where you fit in. And I feel like it's not as transparent as it is, like, in college, like, if there was an issue in college, like, I can go to Campbell, ask him, like, what I got to do, you know, this, that. In the league, you know, you you don't really know you – you never really know where you stand unless you're, like, starting. But even if you're starting, you kind of don't know where you stand because it takes one person not to like you for you not to be on the team anymore. A lot of politicking. And- oh, it's – man, that shit is <laughs> – I don't want to get started on that. We're going to talk about everything, but I don't want to get started. On that. <laughs> That's a whole different question. Um, tell me to piss off if this is if
0: this ends up being a political question. Okay. But I do just remember um, when you were on the Philadelphia Eagles and they transitioned you to tight end, which, first of all, this is a side tangent. You don't have to speak on this unless you want to. But switching that late in your career from wide receiver to tight end, there are so many things. Like, I get that it can be done, but there are so many like different functionalities of the tight end position that just don't really coincide with wires. So when I saw that I was a little pissed off, I'll still cheering you on. I'm like, well, I mean, let's see if you can make it work. But um, as far as the you're kind play let with let
1: me the- you off, me, you're kind of one of the rare, rare few that, that realizes that there's like, you don't just go from standing up to putting your hand in the ground. There's like, exactly. There's a whole shit ton. You have to know to even switch positions.
2: It's one of the hardest positions to learn too. I mean, like it's why a lot of rookie tight ends take a lot of time to, to get integrated into offenses because you have to be incorporated into the offensive line schemes and blocking. And then you also have to know the route tree. There's, there's just so much more going on with that position. And it's, it's hard. It it really is. It's why I like, it's very rare to see a lot of these tight ends hit the ground running year one, because there's so much learning. Like you basically have to learn the full ass playbook, like as a quarterback does for the most part, because you have to know the passing, the rushing, all this kind of stuff with it. So yeah,
1: that's, that's the thing. Like if you're tight end, cause I mean, I, I'm going to tell you the story. I got to Philly mm-hmm. and I remember the first day he was like, yeah, like you're going to put you in a tight end room. I'm like, all right, you know, I just got to learn tight end routes. Cool. Like, fine. I just remember walking in a room and one of my best friends, Caleb Wilson, he was just like, oh, like, like, strap in, you know, get ready. Like, you got a lot to learn. It's just routes. Like, that's easy. Routes and blocking, cool. Mm-hmm. And they start talking about gaps and shit and I'm like, I checked out immediately. As soon as he was like, yeah, you know, you got to gap this way. I'm like, zone blocking. I'm like, fam, like, as wide receiver, they say block this man or block the safety. It's pretty simple. Like, now mm-hmm. i am got to, like, work with the tackle. i got to point out people before the snap. It's just, yeah, it's a lot that goes into it.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, and, and that was my initial reaction. I was just like, this is kind of annoying to watch as an Iowa State fan to see what he's <laughs> capable of. Just split him out wide and just make him run deep and let him make a yeah. one-handed catch against you and I, and he's fine. But um, <laughs> they're – there was one play in particular and I, I forgive me cause I don't totally remember it, but it looked like they were like trying to get you the ball in the end zone. And this is when you're with the Eagles and there was some form of miscommunication. Uh, I'm sure I could probably dig up the highlights oh, somewhere, man. but no, exactly what, what, what happened about. on that play? Cause one of my friends asked me, I'm like, shit, I, I don't know. I couldn't get a good read on it.
1: Uh, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, uh,
0: and like I said just tell me to piss off if you need to.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm trying to think. Uh so like bro I like I said I'm just coming to tight end like haven't even gained no weight. So I'm playing tight end at like 227 228. And uh they 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 put two plays in the playbook for me which was like I was like blindsided by when I came in like cuz I didn't think anybody liked me in the organization honestly. Mm. So I was I just mean it just is like, Philly. <laughs> <laughs> So I was there. And, they don't like anyone. Hey, man, that's that's a tough place to play. That's, <laughs> that's a tough place to play. But um, it's a, they're, they're the complete opposite of Iowa State fans. I would say that. Like, like they love you. Like, Iowa State fans love you no matter what. Like, good, bad, or different. Like, Philly fans, like, I've seen them come down and, like, cuss out Carson Wentz. Like, and I didn't think Carson, it was Carson's fault, but everybody was, like, wishing death on Carson Wentz in Philadelphia. And everybody was like, oh, that's just the fans. I'm like, bro, that shit's fucked up. Like, I don't care. But uh, on that play, I just remember uh, I think I went to the wrong side to start it and came back to the other, and I was like, wide open. So I was like, oh, like, let's let's hike the ball. And Mm -hmm. then the dude ran over late. And like, Carson just didn't know how to throw it. Like, because it was just the guy ran over late. So he was in a weird position. But I was like, bro, just just throw it. Like I'll make the play. But he kind of yeah. threw it not high. He like threw it on the line. It was kind of bad. So it was just a big miscommunication.
0: Damn. That's kind of what it looked like. But um yeah. I, I'm a diehard Colts fan. So I, I watched Carson Wentz play for a full year and he's boomer bust, dude. I mean, some days he <laughs> brings it and some days. Holy shit! I won't make you talk about Carson Wentz, so you don't have to worry
1: about that. I I, I love Carson. Like he's like he's a good heart, and I've seen him lay it on the line every Sunday. Like when I'm like, "There's no way," I'm like, "Yeah, there's no way this guy should be even walking right now," and Mm -hmm. because he was like the most sacked quarterback, and everybody just blamed him. And I'm like. Bro, if you're gonna hit every play, like you can't you can't really function back there. So I completely understand. It was just a bad year for the Eagles, which I mean now mm-hmm. they got everybody back healthy and a couple weapons, so they're doing what they do.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I still I, I'm gonna put a little asterisk around them right now because they haven't played anyone good yet. But like I I mean, like the schoolyard bullet can beat up on all nerds. Well, like see if they actually
1: play someone decent. Like
2: it's not that hard to beat the commanders, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: i'll say this uh i mean i i definitely believe in Jalen. uh i think Jalen has all the intangibles and everything honestly so i don't know we're gonna see we are gonna see that's the beauty of the season that's always that's always the
2: best part about sports is you find out
1: yeah
0: new is is cheering so hard against Jalen hurts because i said it this offseason i'm like he gets better every year. He's not the best thrower right now, but he continually gets better. And what he can do with his legs, he can overcome with his inability to throw sometimes. Worked, and Newt's hard. like, hey, he's like, hey, man, no, he's not fantasy relevant. And I, I never like, said he wasn't right? fantasy
2: relevant. I don't want that. Actually, you didn't say that. You didn't say, that. That, you didn't say
0: that. You didn't say that. But <laughs> ever since, you
2: started, doubting, ever since you started yeah. doubting,
0: ever since you started doubting Jalen, I instantly became all right. Jalen Hurts is my guy. I cannot let Newt win this one.
2: Is, is that why you drafted him in our fantasy league then? No, he's I didn't. A, which I had Kyler Murray, yeah. which okay. is uh, usually my okay. First so guy. he's not he's not your guy. <laughs> drafted him,
1: so you can be quiet. K one, K one is my guy for sure too. I, lo- I love. I, Kyler. I actually
0: I wanted to ask about Kyler because to me he is one of if not potentially you can make an argument the most talented quarterback in the NFL. I mean, you played with. Let me just say at Iowa State alone, you play with Joel Lanning, Kyle Kemp, Jacob Park, Brock, Jacob Park, Brock Purdy, all caught touchdowns from them. So that's incredibly hard to develop chemistry with all you know four different quarterbacks within your span of time there. Different. It is. And then talk Zeb about Zim someone who's don't forget Zeb. Oh, Zeb. I knew there was another one. So five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um Kyler Murray, who just played literally a completely different style than all of them. I mean, how was it first of all just I guess two questions in one there building camaraderie with five different quarterbacks at Iowa state and then transitioning to Kyler. I mean, was he the most talented quarterback you've ever played with, or oh, I guess absolutely. who wears that crown? Absolutely. Yeah. Kyler.
1: It's, it's like, not even. Him. it's not even close. Uh, I remember Kyler coming out of high school. He was like a myth, like kind of type thing. Like, I just remember we came in, it might've been week three, week four of high school football season. And they were like, yeah, there's some kid in Allen, Texas. He got 25 touchdowns already. And I'm like, bro, like, what are you talking about? The season just started. Like, how is this even possible? They're like, yeah, bro, like, this kid is insane. And then it's Kyler, of course. And so, I mean, always watching from, like, afar when he was at OU and at A&M. I'm just like, bro, it's like, this short kid, like, you know, he's, he's cool, you know. But then getting there with him in Arizona, he, he has most talented, like, hands down, I've ever been with. And I would say, honestly, in the league, he's probably like a top three passer in the league, honestly.
0: I agree. And that's yeah. underrated part about him, too, because he uses legs so much, but he's always pass first, and he you have any, to be pass first.
1: Yeah he, yeah, he can make any throw, any throw. Like, I think yeah, yeah, I, I think he'll have a good year, too. I mm-hmm. hope he does.
0: So, circling back to Lanning, Kemp, Park, Purdy, and Noland, how did you build such incredible chemistry or did you pretty much just kind of like you had a classic Hakeem Butler catch? You're like, I don't know how I did that. You know, just building that camaraderie with five quarterbacks. Like, I don't know. I just did it.
1: (laughs) I would say between uh, me and. Shit. Okay. Okay. Me and Joel, I don't know if we ever really had chemistry. Yeah. He kind of just threw me the ball. (laughs) Me and Park. Again, I don't know if the chemistry was all the way there. He, he just had crazy arm talent, too. And then uh, who was it? Me and Zeb had, had chemistry for sure. And me and Kyle didn't have much. But, I mean, Kyle's so smart, and he throws such, like, a, a very catchable ball that, like, it was kind of easy. And then me and Brock, I, I don't know if the chemistry was, like, there, there, but. It was building. Like, if i had came back for another year and we'd have worked the whole offseason together, it would have been scary. But mm-hmm. I think he kind of just started to listen to me a little bit when I'm like, bro, just throw it. Because he's a real, like, want to think it out, you know, methodical guy. I'm like, bro, mm-hmm. just throw the damn ball. Like, like I'll be there. Trust me. Mm.
0: Just like that Kansas catch. Randy Moss, <laughs> baby.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I kind of think the biggest trust throw he's ever done for me was uh, the, Washington, uh, the
2: Washington. Oh, the Washington State. Yeah, where he just. That kinda, snag. That snag is ridiculous. The thing that is, was I, just I like crazy. Bench,
1: but I really liked that throw. Like when I look at it, like he gets killed on the pass, like, but he just like rips it and then just like takes the hardest hit ever. And it's just like, damn, that was a beautiful work of art.
0: Yeah, that was an incredible play. I think. I was going to say that one, and then I know it's Akron. I know it's Akron, but you and David Montgomery had crazy highlights. The one where David Montgomery basically tumbled over a guy and still stayed on his feet and kept running. Um, and then yours where you had the most acrobatic touchdown, you're upside down, still saw the pylon. I mean, did you see the pylon, or was that another yeah. no, guess? I, okay, I it def- looked like I, you saw it. Yeah. yeah, I
1: definitely saw it. Like, I saw it the whole way. Incredible. Like, I couldn't decide, like, bro, in my life, I've always just wanted to hurdle somebody. Like that's always all (laughs) I wanted to do. Like I still never kind of did it for real. But I just remember like I saw him coming and I'm like, damn, like I might try to like hurdle him. And then I'm like, no, I should just jump like dive over him. And then I got like caught in between. And so he kind of just like hit me in my leg like harder than I've ever been hit. Like, I couldn't even walk for like a day or so because the knot was so big in my leg. And Damn. I was just, I just Damn. remember looking down at it and I'm just trying to hit the pylon just like to get the touchdown. So yeah, that one was crazy too. That was too. an
0: incredible play, yeah. yeah. The adrenaline must have saved you because you got right back up and put your hands up like a touchdown.
1: <laughs> I'm, always, I'm always get up. One thing I'm always get up like you know I can't give anybody satisfaction of just like laying me down you know. So even if the hit's terrible, I'm gonna get up. But when I'm on the sideline, you know, and it relaxes, that's when I'm like, damn, like he he fucked me up.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> good stuff.
1: Um, New. I have one
0: more question. How about you though?
2: I have one last question as well. So
0: okay.
2: I can go. You got um, it. you got it. So we asked you what your your favorite um catch was. I, I just want to ask what was probably the most fun game you've ever played in. Just like looking back, you're like, yeah, that game was just fun as hell. Um, I always want to see like it's funny because like we've we I feel like we asked just about every player than this, and I always have like an idea of it, and I'm always wrong. So I always like to see what like kind of what your guys' perspective is on it.
1: Okay, what's what's your idea first? Like, what do you think? I feel like,
2: I don't know. I feel like it maybe has to be the, the 2017 Liberty bowl. But then I also feel like maybe beating like Oklahoma or TCU. One of those first years would be sick or like even the West Virginia game. Like you mentioned the blackout one where you get, that was just like a dominating performance in front of Jack Trice. Like that game was so fun to watch as a fan that I feel like as a player too, is probably one of those of just like, we came out and like kicked ass and like, it was awesome. (laughs) I have another guess.
1: What's that?
0: It, it, it was a loss for what it's worth. But okay. um against Oklahoma with Zeb Noland, I'm trying to I had your stats pulled up. Yeah. Six catches for 174 yards, two touchdowns. And those touchdowns were like monster touchdowns, too. Yeah. I mean, they weren't just like, you know, little slants at the goal line. I mean, I know it came in a loss, but as far as like domination, that's my guess. All right. Give us the answer.
1: <laughs> okay. Funnest game. Uh, it is a loss, but it's not, it's not the Oklahoma game. It's was, it was definitely it. the Washington State, uh, like, the last game. Of like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that game was – I really like – I like playing good teams, good players, and I don't know. That game was just, like – it was just high adrenaline the whole time, going back and forth, I feel like. And we could have won. Like, if you look back at the end of the game – I told I told Brock. I said, "Bro, just throw me the ball. I don't care what happens on the play. Like, I just want to lose or win the game on my shoulders." And mm. I was wide open in the end zone, blood naked, but Brock didn't throw it to me. You, you just mm. go back and watch. You're gonna see me standing there, like. But that's definitely... I don't know if
0: my heart can take it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely the funnest game for sure, uh, by far. That and I didn't even think about the Liberty Bowl. But I would say that and maybe that – maybe that Oklahoma game or that West Virginia game were both good options too. All right. Those
0: are good answers. Yeah. Those are all super memorable too. Oh, but um, the,
1: let me tell you, the game I hate the most was when we played Drake. Oh, my God. I still
2: oh, – dude, I hated that one. <laughs> I was just no, the previous yeah. shit. And I that, hated Streaming that. that game, it was awful to watch that game. I was like, how the – like – just, like, the field conditions and everything. It's, like, you're not even playing football at this point. Like, you're just, right. like, trying not to fall over. <laughs> like <laughs> I,
1: remember, uh, I remember they, like, threw the ball. and like, I couldn't see it. And so, like, <laughs> like I think they, that happened one time and I dropped it. Like, they threw it. I couldn't see it. So, I dropped it. And then we threw, like, a slant and go. And I'm, like, coach, like, I have no grip. Like, look at my cleats. So, like, I can't. So, like, I'm basically jogging out there. They throw it, I slip, fall, and the ball just lands on my stomach. And so I'm just laying there, and I'm like, oh, that's a catch. Like, okay, like, this shit. But, like, if the weather was nice, we would have, like, kicked their teeth in. Like, it wouldn't have been close. But, like, the weather was so terrible. Like, every day I think about how miserable I was that game. Like, miserable.
0: Yeah. That one was not even fun to watch on the television. Let alone <laughs> be at replaying that, man. Yeah. Um, my I just realized – for me, this is a fun question. This might be a, a little bit of a downer question to kind of end on, but I don't care. I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, <laughs> that Baylor brawl. I mean, okay. it started because you blocked your guy too damn well, but then at the end of it, it looked like, was he like grabbing your legs? And you're just like, no, I, if you're going to grab my legs, I'm just going to put them on you. <laughs> like, walk me through how that happened.
1: <laughs> Bro, this was another like – that's a wild week, like, because people were DMing me, calling me a thug, all of this shit. I'm like, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even do anything. Like, what are we talking about? So, I'll start. I'm not a big – like, I don't mind people fighting on the football field, but, like, I think it's, like, stupid, sure. you know, because, like – too. We all got – a helmet on.
0: Me. Yeah, so, like <laughs> – Exactly. Literally. Greg like, Roberts. Oh, my gosh.
1: It's Yeah, it's it's stupid as hell to me. But I blocked my guy, and – he must have been saying something before for me to like block him like that crazy, honestly. Cause like I try and pancake people, but if I don't get you like early on, then I'll like, I'll kind of chill. Unless you're like, I feel like you're talking shit. You know what I'm saying? So like I had him down and like, I tried to get up and then he just grabbed the back of my legs and like pulled me to him, like just pulled me onto his chest. And I'm like, okay. And so I just start pushing like down to try and get up. And then I just feel somebody like, hit the hell out of me, like just like, like boom me off of him and I'm like, what the hell? And I'm like, yo, is that a ref? So I'm literally laying there and I like looking over and then all of a sudden, like, I see like all of these people just dogpiling on me and I'm literally just sitting there like laughing underneath the whole pile, like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> I was like, like are we fighting? Like, what is this? And so <laughs> it wasn't literally until like I looked up at the jumbotron, I think I realized like, that David had got kicked out. Cause at first they threw out uh, Kniffle, like a like the lineman or whatever, they threw yeah. him out. And so I was like, oh, cool. Like, you know, we lost Josh. Like, like we can get another old lineman in there. Then he comes running back out like a wrestler. <laughs> like <laughs> he comes running out like a wrestler. And then like, they're like, yeah, David's kicked out. I'm like, I'm like, oh my God. Like we don't have David for next week. Like, this is crazy
2: the thing i love about that video too is is david is immediately like sprinting over to get in like the like it, it just like oh shows God. who dave I love montgomery is brother, like yeah like, What's going on and he's like no nah, i'm getting in. <laughs> like, and it's like it's like <laughs> you, you love seeing that from i don't know it's like yeah it's a fighter whatever and he's one of our most important people but at the same time it's still like so awesome to see him like he's like no no one's fucking with my boy like i'm I'm getting in here that's what i
1: love most about iowa state like just because like we like we are like a family like that's like what we are like everybody still stays in contact with one another for the most part like in that locker room it's like we are family it's just us versus everybody else and so i mean david running over there like that I think the play before, they, like, hit him into the Gatorade on, like, some some. Yeah, they hit him late. Like, it was getting way chippy. Yeah, It was like, um, something's
2: about to fucking happen here. And then,
1: lo and behold, something happened. (laughs) That might have been actually what happened. Like, I might have been trying to pancake dude to get back for David getting hit out of bounds like that. That might have honestly what sparked it. But, like, I think Coach told us before the game, like, oh, these guys are, like, you know, they're going to try and do this and that. I'm like, bro, like, I'm not worried about that shit, like. So, but yeah, I'm sick that David got kicked out because we'd have beat the shit out of Texas. Uh, But, you know, it is what it is.
0: Yeah, that was tough. I I just, I've clowned on Greg Roberts so much. Just the whole idea. I saw he blocked y'all guys, right? He blocked us. (laughs) And so, like, he, uh, (laughs) just the fact that in general, someone would jump over a ref, which means you already know what you're getting into, to punch a guy wearing a helmet. And he unsuccessfully know. did it. Just he placed even two, fingers like two, yeah, he yeah, two fingers on like, him. Yeah, he grazed him.
2: It's like it was like, "Oh my gosh, fly, like-
0: <laughs> dude!" Honestly, he he got our ass though. So like, I I was clowning on him last year, and um, he DM'd us, and he was basically just saying, "I'll kick your ass." I'm like, "Yeah, you would." Like, what do you think we're <laughs> no arguing shit, that? And then and then I said, "Hey," and he basically said something like, "Um, like, hey, you don't like know what you're talking about." I said, "You're right." That's fair. I wasn't on the field. So here's what you should do. You have an open invite. Here's a Zoom link to come on our podcast this week. You can share your side of the story, and I won't be too much of an asshole, but that way at least Cyclone fans can get your perspective. And he responded, like, what, you want me to come on because you can't get the big hitters like Brees Hall? I'm like, you're also not surprising us there. We know we can't get Brees Hall, (laughs) so no. Which, by the way, Brees did say he wanted to um, come on at some point. So, uh, yeah, I'm – I, I can't wait to just have a Brees Hall interview and just, you know, show it and just, you know, ram Greg Roberts' face into that. Oh, it's going to feel so good. But, yeah, that was um all-time dumb bitch move on his end.
1: I still don't understand what he was thinking, honestly. To this day, <laughs> like, like, why did you do that? Like, I don't know. He chose to go
2: to Baylor. So, I mean, his, his entire judgment is questionable at that point. Uh, <laughs> I love it, man. I love it.
0: <laughs> Gosh. All right, that was actually a good question to end on. I proved myself yeah, wrong there. I'm, I'm glad. Definitely. Any sort of Greg Roberts shit talk, we can get out there and <laughs> throw it
1: out. <laughs> well, you guys got the funniest page, like, ever. Like, I'm just telling you that right now. Like, you yeah, I posted uh, like, the joint last week. I think – let me see. It was like a- – uh dumb bitch juice like i don't know bro yeah it was greg
0: roberts trying to jump over a ref to hit dave montgomery with the helmet
1: on and i'm like bro this is actually the funniest shit i've like seen in a while (laughs) well thank
0: you that is that's the that's an a1 compliment we've received on the page so i'm going to um i'm gonna quote that hanging above my mantle from hakeem butler (laughs) (laughs) yeah the dumb bitch (laughs) juice. Like, I mean, he is. He he's a dumb bitch for that. Like, what else can you say? Getting funnier and funnier, bro. I swear. <laughs> well, man, we. Ser- I mean, we've never had an interview go as long as this. So you did not at all have to give us the amount of time you did.
1: Of course, man. But, um, I had a good time, man.
0: Dude, it was great having you, and thank you so much for being here. But um, yeah, newt Do you have any last minute thoughts before we let Hakeem go?
2: No, just thank you for hopping on, Akeem. We've loved talking to you. It's I feel like every time we've talked to you, it's been it's been great. So we'll have to do it again soon. Open invite you come on, you can be cu- a, a part of outside the lines. We'll we'll throw you in there. You can you can replace Mason or something. So <laughs> oh piss off. <laughs> sure. I'll think about
1: it for sure. I think about it.
0: All right, man. Well, like I said, you were like one of our white whales coming into this. We were just wanting to get you on the pod at some point. So glad we could finally do this. Um and yeah, like he said, anytime you want to come on, I'll I'll jump off if you want me to. I, I can nah, leave and it can just we be, all new be new together. Topic. We all gotta be together. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Good shit, man. Well, yeah. Appreciate you coming on, man. And one last thing we do is we just kind of give our fans a quick little roll clones before we sign off. So again, thank you for everything, man. And roll clones.
1: Roll clones. There we go, baby. Roll clones, That's baby. True.